Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Now I have the privilege. I'm, I'm kind of hyped today. I'm really excited. And it's not coffee. Uh, it's not caffeine. I'm just hyped. I'm very hyped. And uh, just excited about this message. I had the privilege of uh, teaching it last night. And I just want to open up with a story, okay? And my first awards ceremony experience, I was a third grader. I was going to St. James Elementary School in Warren. And third through eighth graders had an awards ceremony at the end of the year. It was all for academics. And I went in that first year so excited because I gave 100% effort and I thought, I have to be rewarded. I had some A's in math and everything else was B's and C's, but I thought, man, I'm working as hard as I can. And I went through that first award ceremony and saw everybody and they even gave awards for not missing a day of school, which I always made it a point to miss a couple days a year. And and so I, I didn't even receive that one. And so I was a little disappointed, but I thought I'll try harder. So in fourth grade, I tried really hard. The end of the year came. Again, I received nothing. And at that point, I started to realize I may never receive an award for academics. But I thought, I'll give it one more shot. So fifth grade, I tried hard. I gave 100% effort, came into that award ceremony, and received nothing. And at that point, I thought, why am I working so hard? So I stopped working so hard and figured, hey, I'm not going to ever receive any acclamations for this, any affirmation. So I just kind of toned it down with, with academics. So then I get into high school, and no awards are going on like that at our high school, JFK and Warren, but I played football. So my freshman year, I played. They didn't allow freshmen to dress varsity or play varsity, so I had a great freshman year. And then my sophomore year, coach said, we're going to allow five sophomores to dress and and, and play. And so I was one of the five, and I played special teams, and I loved running down, tackling people, blocking. I played some linebackers, some guard my sophomore year. And then the end of the year came, we had an award ceremony. And I'm sitting through that awards ceremony. And seniors and juniors are receiving rewards, and they should have. They played much more than I did. But then near the end, the coach said, now we're going to give one of the most important awards of the night. They called it the Spirit Award. And he said, this guy is our spark plug. He, he fires us up. And he said, it's going to sophomore Joe Caminetti. And all my buddies went crazy. And I walked up there, got my Spirit Award. I was so excited. <laughs> Ooh. And we, I thought, I was rewarded for my effort, and I appreciated being rewarded for my effort. And we're going to talk about how God rewards us for our effort today, and that's absolutely really, really cool and important. So you know how I always have a big idea. This is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this today. We get to help God and be rewarded for it too. That's pretty cool. And when you and I help God, when we give our life for God and we help God down here on this earth, we will be rewarded for it. Now, there is a small sect of Christianity. It's really tiny. Do you know what they believe? Uh, They believe that our reward is Jesus in heaven, and that's it. And they say things like this, what what else is better than Jesus? And, And you know, how do you argue with that? I mean, nothing's better than Jesus, right? But the idea is that God does reward us for our efforts. We go to heaven by, because we place faith in Christ Jesus, so we can't work our way there. But there's coming a day when you will be rewarded because 
you helped God do what he's doing on planet Earth. And a majority of us help God. Here's how the majority of you help God by volunteering in your local church. Isn't that amazing? Let me say it to you this way. 99% of Christians will help God by volunteering in their local church. 1% of you will help God by volunteering for a parachurch organization, or as they're also called ministries. So that's a small percent of us. But the majority of us just help God by being involved in our local church. And I just, I want to have some fun. I want to show you this today. I want to help you understand that it's absolutely true. So Jesus talked about this, and I want to share two scriptures. Uh, one's the first book of the New Testament. The other's the last book of the New Testament, and they're both Jesus. And so they read like this, Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. That's amazing. We get to help God and be rewarded for it too. He's coming with rewards. Now, our inheritance is heaven and Jesus, but we're going to be rewarded, and those rewards are going to determine what you have for all of eternity. It's going to determine the size of your mansion. It's going to determine um, what kind of currency you have. Everything up in heaven will be determined by how we live our life down here. Listen to Revelations 22:12. See, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay everyone according to the deeds he has done. We get to help God and be rewarded for it too. That word repay, today we could use that Greek word for paycheck. It's, it, Jesus is going to reward you, and he, he uses the word we would use today for paycheck. He's going to bless you because you helped him do what he's doing on planet Earth. And God's decided to work through the local church. And that's, that's how he's winning the world. That's how he's changing the world through the local church. So we have this privilege. It's an awesome privilege. And I want to I open up a verse to you that I'm really excited about. I had problems with this verse when I was a young Christian. I had problems with it for about 10 years. And uh, it's this one, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. That used to bug me. Can I tell you how I saw this the first time that I read it? The first time I read this, and for years, I assumed there'd be a day when I go to heaven, I stand before Jesus, and back then it was a VHS tape, you know? Now it's a DVD or digital or live stream. But God was going to put on a big screen my life, and all you guys would be around, and everybody I know, Gina would be there, my parents, everybody, and he would go through my life, and every secret thing I ever did is going to be shown on that screen. And then he might even pause it. And, yeah. And Gina would go, Joe! You know, or my mom and dad would go, Joe! And uh, I just saw it as this shaming moment in my life. Have you ever thought of it that way? It's going to just be a shaming moment in our life. And it's like, at that point, I felt like I did before I was a Christian, you know? Before I was a Christian, there was a tilting point, right? And I grew up with Judeo-Christian values, like so many of us do. And so I knew the Ten Commandments. And I just there came a point before I was a Christian where I thought, I can never undo all the bad things I've done. So I might as well just give up and go really bad, right? And I found myself coming to that place as a Christian thinking, God, it's going to be so bad, I might as well just do everything because, I mean, I'm in trouble. Then I grew, and I had a bigger understanding of the Bible, more clear, 
And I realized, wait, if I repent for my sins, then I'll never, you know. So I realized, well, I'll repent for them. Then I went into this time in my life where all I did was every night before I went to bed, Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, forgive me that. Lord, forgive me that. And it's okay to say, Lord, forgive me. But, but then I say, and Lord, if I forgot anything else, whatever I did, I am sorry. Because I didn't want to die and then have a sin that I didn't repent for. And then it would be on that big screen. It's like, oh, no, not on the screen. And so that was my idea of Judgment Day. How about you? Some of you may still think along that line. Then my eyes were opened further. And you know what I came to understand? Jesus died for all the sins that I'll ever commit. He died for all your sins. And the judgment seat is not a time where God's going to shame you for your mistakes and for your sin. Those will impact your, your, your rewards, and I'll show you how in a moment. But it's not about that. He died for your sins. You're forgiven. And that's important for you to know. You're going to go to heaven if you're a Christian because you believed. And so this is not a shaming time. This is a rewarding time. And I want to look at our verse again, and let's just begin to go through it a little bit. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That word judgment can be used as a judge's bench in a courtroom, but it can also be used, it's used both ways, it can also be used as the judge of the Olympic Games where you're awarded for the race that you run. And I think God talks about that all the time, right? And Jesus took our judgment, so he already took it. I can't be judged because he was judged. And you might say, Pastor Joe, that's going to tell everybody to go sin. The more I understand that, the less I want to sin. I am so thankful that God has set me free and made me holy and made me blameless. And I want to live holy because I am holy. That's the freedom. Before, it was like, oh, no, oh, no. God, I'm going to do it again. God, I did it. And it's totally different understanding of the fact he freed us. Listen to this, so that each may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Do you know the word bad is not referring to morally bad? There's another Greek word for morally bad. Do you know what this word bad is referring to? The quality of your work. And you're going to see that come alive in a moment. It has to do with the quality of your work. And he's going to look at your life's work and he's going to determine what you did for the kingdom, what you didn't do for the kingdom. And you're going to be rewarded appropriately. And that is so important. We get to help God and be rewarded for it too. But let me give you the revelation that I've seen. And, and you judge it. But this is what has happened as I've just continued to read the Bible, pray, God, open up my eyes. You know what's going to make us cry on judgment day, guys? Because some of us will bawl. You know what we're going to cry over? Before you were born, God wrote in a book everything he created you to do for his kingdom. So we're not talking about you have to work at this place or that place. But everything he made you to do for his kingdom, according to Psalm 138, he wrote it in a book before you took your first breath. When you arrive in heaven, he's going to take what he created you to do. He's going to show you, this is what I made you to do. And then he's going to compare what you did and he's going to reward you according to how close you came and what you did for his kingdom. And the people, the Christians that will cry will be the ones that see, oh my goodness, you made me to do all that. And I believe that lie all my life that I wasn't valuable, I wasn't important, that what you created me to do wasn't of value. And we're going to see the gap and we're going to cry and say, gosh, I missed it. 
I wish I wish I would have lived my life for God. And that's where the tears are going to come. And people, Christians that get caught up in sin, what are they doing when they're caught up in sin? They're not doing what God created them to do. They're, they're not, they're not uh, fulfilling their purpose on planet Earth. What happens when someone just lives their life for this life and all they care about is this Earth? What happens? They're not, they're not living for the kingdom of God. And so there's going to be this gap. So here's, here's a scenario in heaven. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I'm going to be there cheering for you. I'm like, yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, none of us probably will hit all the way. We're going to try, right? But I don't want you to chase me down after the judgment seat and shake me and say, why didn't you teach me the truth, Pastor Joe? I don't want that to happen. I want you to chase me down and high-five me and say, thanks, man, for teaching me about the fact I was created to live for the kingdom of God. That's what God created you to do. You get in because you don't go to heaven by your works. You go to heaven by faith in Christ Jesus. How many of us are excited we get to go to heaven because we believe in Jesus? Can we, Borman, can we, let, can we just say thank you, God, one more time? That's incredible. Now, let me ask you another question. We don't have to clap for this one. How many of us are excited that God created us for a purpose? And that purpose is part of a big family. And whatever your part is, you're going to be rewarded for the whole. And that's absolutely amazing. It's amazing. So I want to just share some scriptures with you that, in my opinion, are mind-blowing. They're so freeing, and they help you understand. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11. Listen to this. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Translated. He's writing to Christians. And if you have accepted Jesus, there's nothing else you need. Your foundation is secure. You're going to heaven because you believed in Jesus. And this verse is important. That's why I started with it. You have the right foundation. There's no other way to heaven but through Jesus Christ. You're on your way. Nothing can hurt that. Nothing can change that. You believe in Christ. Keep believing. You're set. Now, verse 12. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. So now, two categories. These are your life's works, and you'll see that as we read down. Your life's works go into two categories. Now, now take a look. Wood, hay, and straw can be burned by fire. And then gold, silver, and costly stones will survive fire. You know what he's about to do? He's about to give us an image. You're not going to go through fire. But he's given us an image of Judgment Day being like a fire. And the works that you did for God's kingdom will, will stand. The works that weren't for God's kingdom will be burned up. And then you'll be rewarded. That's what he's trying to show us. So listen to the next verse, verse 13. It says, their work will be shown for what it is, is because the day will bring it to light. That's judgment day. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. That's just the eyes of Jesus. That's the fire, right? Being judged by the master. We're going to stand before him and answer for how we lived our life, and we're going to be rewarded appropriately for it. So listen to verse 14. If what has been built survives the builder will receive a reward. So if you did some God works, you'll be rewarded for your God works. And anything you did that wasn't for God, it, it, it just won't, it, it won't be rewarded. Listen to verse 15. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. I like this. Even though only as one escaping 
through the flames. Now there's a verse. Can we take a moment on it? If it's burned up, that's your life work. If all you did was live for yourself and live for this world, it's all burned up on that day. Can you imagine your life work being burned up? That's why some people will cry. You mean I, I didn't do anything for God at all? And, and then it goes on to say, but listen to this. But the builder will suffer loss, yet will be saved. Why? Because your foundation is Jesus. Are you figuring it out? You're building on that foundation, and all your works can be burned up, but you still go to heaven because you believed in Jesus. I don't know about you, but that makes me smile. Now, it goes on and says, even though only one escaping as through the flames. What is that? Judgment. So think about this. This is really important right now. Borman is important. What you do on this planet will be examined by Jesus and you'll be rewarded for the God things you did and the God things you didn't do. They're just all burned up. Now, I want to balance this out. This is really important. I'm not saying you have to shave your head, buy a robe, and just sit and pray all day, all right? Or just work for God 24 hours a day. I am not saying that. We have to have a balanced life. We have to do we have to run our life, right? We have to do things, raise our kids, work our jobs, right? God knows all of that. But we just want to make sure that's not all we do, right? So Black Friday, Gina wanted to go shopping, and, and I'm so glad we have daughters. She has someone to go shopping with. And uh, so a guy in the church said, hey, I'm going to shoot at this, guy, this friend's house, and, and he said, I, I, I can bring somebody. You want to come? I said, yeah. And so, so I went and shot guns on Friday. And they had a 50 millimeter, which is really bullets are like that big. And man, shooting that was the most incredible thing. I, I, I don't know what I'd use, use it for around the house if I had one. But uh, it is a monster. And, and the, the noise just knocks everything away. And then I shot my handguns, and everybody had all those semi-automatic military guns, and we, we all practiced and shot those. And there were ribs, barbecue. They were good. And uh, it was fun. It was just fun. God wants you to have fun. You know, I share that story just say it's okay to do things. But on the other hand, I, I, I need to ask you the question, what are you doing for God's kingdom? That's, that's what's important and that's what I want you to see, because um, you're going to be rewarded for those types of things. So I, I put it this way. Uh, using your gifts and abilities for God's kingdom will be greatly rewarded. We get to help God and be rewarded for it, too. So ask yourself, am I using my giftings, my abilities for God's kingdom? And I'm going to try to help you out. I'm going to walk you through this a little bit, okay, and give you some examples. Here... It, it, the Warren campus, the Borman campus, it's identical. The, no matter how big your church is, it's identical. It's always identical. There's always volunteers that are needed, right? So for all of our volunteers, thank you so much. But we always need more. So take our, our, our worship we just had, Borman's worship. Do you know we need more lead singers, male and female? We need, we need more harmony singers, male and female. We need more musicians on both campuses. If you're sitting there and you have musical ability, why not use it for the kingdom of God? You get to help. You get to help us do what we're doing, and you'll be rewarded for it too. Why not use the gifts that you have? Uh, 
that's a place they never allow me to volunteer, and that's okay. And some of you, we won't allow you to volunteer. You have to try out. You know, just because you say you can sing doesn't mean you can sing, so you'll have to try out, right? And it's all, there's no shaming, but you'll have to try out and see where you fit in, so on and so forth. But we need, we need help in all those areas. The tech areas in both churches, we need help. If you're techie, we need help. How about greeters? We need way more greeters in both campuses. We need more greeters. And greeters are the people that smile and they make you feel good when you walk in. But you know what else is important about people up here, people out there greeting? You know what's really important? People like to see themselves in a church. So that's why we have all the different age groups up here. Why? Somebody wants to walk in, they want to see somebody that reminds them of themselves. Same way in the lobbies. So, that, you know, you need people from every walk of life and, and, and uh, you know, every, every type of person just out there smiling and telling people hello, helping them find rooms and all that type of thing. We, we, need, we need ushers in here. We, we need help with the kids, with the children. We could use some more security people. And, you know, in light of what's going on in our country, I do want to let you know we have security. We have security in this room right now. You don't see them, but they're here. We have security in the lobbies. We have securities walking the hallway. Uh, but we could use more. Now, with security, we know what I prefer, uh, police officers, former military, guys that have been under fire, you know, and they're used to it, and they, they know what to expect when something happens. So maybe you have a talent there. We need help in every single place of the church, administrative, uh, people that can clean, people that can help in different ways. And my question to all of us is, what has God gifted you for? Because you know what? When he wrote in that book, you know, you know what he wrote? He wrote what he created you to do within the local church, 99% of you. And the question is, what, what are you doing? And here's, here's what's so cool about it. Uh, we get to help God and be rewarded too. Can I read a, just two more scriptures to you? Listen to this one, Matthew 10, 41. If you welcome a prophet because he is a man of God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. Isn't that amazing? So can I translate that? We can... We can change prophet to pastor or church, it's all the same. Do you realize when you help at your local church, do you realize you're going to receive the same rewards as I do? Isn't that amazing? Because we're doing this together. It's a team effort. It's not just me. And everything this church accomplishes, when you volunteer here, you will receive those rewards. And that, this church is going to, it's going to be, receive a lot of rewards because we're, we're giving it 100% effort, Right? And it's amazing to think that when you connect with your local church, you will be rewarded with all the rewards that go to that church. And that's amazing to me. And so I want to read one more, but I want to encourage everybody as I get ready to read this. Um, if you want to volunteer here, you can sign up on the iPads. Uh, it's really easy. And just let us know, and then somebody will call you. And you might say, Pastor Joe, are you using this whole message uh, just to raise volunteers? No, no. What I wanted to get across is we get to help God and be rewarded too, but where, you, where do you help them? It's local church, right? You know what else I realized? Some of you are in stages of life, and, and, and I love to help people in this stage where you're winding down. Some, there, there's, we have some folks in this church, they help for 20 years, 25 years, and I don't want them to sit here condemned. Uh, they're having a hard time walking now, right? They've gotten older. God knows all that, and he knows we're in different stages of our life. So please, I just walked two parents through some really tough times, and they're both in heaven now, and Gina and I are helping my, my mother-in-law with the same thing, her mom, 
And you know what? That takes more of your time when you're in that stage, right? When you're helping your parents. But you can still always do something during the weekend when you're in church and you're already here, right? You can always volunteer. So I realize some of you won't be able to do it as much, but we can always volunteer. So here's a story in the Bible. This is important. It's a story about this man who gave one person one talent, another person two, and another five. And then he went away, and then he came back. Of course, that's supposed to be God, right? It's Jesus. And then they each came before him, and they showed him what they did with the gift that he gave them, right? So the guy that had one, he said, you know, I just didn't feel all that significant. I thought you were going to be pretty tough on me anyway, so I just buried it. And he receives no reward. He buried his gift. And we don't want to be the guy that buries his gift. The guy that had two, he doubled it and made it four, which means he used it. The guy that had five doubled it and made it ten, which means he used it. Do you know God said the same thing to both of them? This is really important. God's not a communist. God's not a socialist. God rewards us for our effort. And that's important for us to understand. You're going to be rewarded for your effort. And I don't want to say God's a capitalist exactly like America because there's some things we could make better with our capitalism, right? But the principle is there. The idea of capitalism is you're rewarded for your effort. You get to help God and be rewarded for it too. That's absolutely amazing. So the story goes, he comes back, they're all standing before him, and then he gives rewards. And you know the guy with the two and the guy with the five received exactly the same rewards because of their effort. Listen to how this closes out. It says in in Matthew 25, 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. There's coming a day, and this is what I want God to say to every one of us in this place, well done thou good and faithful servant. Does that mean you were perfect? No. Does that mean you did all these crazy things? No. It means you put effort forth. You know, the biggest church in America is Joel Osteen, right? And uh, Joel has this monster church. Do you realize on Judgment Day I could receive more rewards than him? Can I tell you how? I want you to see this. He might be a hundred talent person, and he might not be trying all the way. He just might be so talented, trying halfway, he grows a church that size. I might be a two-talent guy, and I'm trying with 100% effort, and this is what I'm able to produce, right? And on Judgment Day, we could all be shocked, and Joel might not even be friendly anymore when he sees, well, you know, me might say, well, praise the Lord. He won't, we may not even be able to say that. No, No, I'm just joking. But on Judgment Day, I could receive more rewards because I did more? No, because I had a bigger church? No, because of effort. And you have to understand It's all about what God blessed us with and how much effort we put into helping his kingdom for it. So doesn't that make you happy? You you don't have to be the best at anything. You don't have to have the highest gift. You're going to be rewarded for effort. So can we give it up in Boardman? Can we give it up here? Can we just say thank you, God, that we get to work and help you and be rewarded for it too? It's absolutely awesome. Hey, let's give a little shot. Can we give a little shot? Come on. You're more excited about this than that. All right, they're shaking the walls in Borman, man. All right. Hey, let's go ahead and pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Borman, let's do the same thing. Lord, I did my best with this incredible part of the Bible. And Lord, I am not you, and everybody knows that. My place is to teach it the best I can. 
I thank you for the Holy Spirit working on hearts here and in Boardman, just working on our hearts, growing us. And Lord, I know for some, it's you know, there's some conviction in here, not condemnation, but conviction. You're dealing with some hearts. And, and Lord, I know for others, you're just saying, man, thank you for using your gifts. And Lord, I didn't mention it, but I, I also thank you for those that sit in the office of givers that tithe and then they give above that tithe. I thank you, Lord. That's their gift. Thank you for them. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room, whatever they are doing for your kingdom. Bless them. And thank you for rewarding us, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you that we get to help you and be rewarded for it too. That's awesome. Very exciting. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I believe God's still speaking to hearts, so I'm going to give them that opportunity to do so. And while that's happening, every, we're just in an attitude of prayer. Maybe you visited today. Maybe you came with a friend here or Boardman and say, Pastor Joe, I'm not sure of my eternity. You talked about Jesus as the foundation. I'm not sure if I have that. Well, listen up. I'm not right now asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby and an adult. Those are all good things, but you can do that and never have Jesus as your foundation. Because in order to have him as your foundation, you have to make it real. There has to come a time in your life where you say, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior, and I accept you as my Savior, and I make a decision to follow you today. The Bible teaches when we do that, we become the children of God by placing faith in Christ Jesus. So it's not in a religious structure. It's not in works. It's in giving our hearts to Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready today to give my heart to Jesus. Boardman, you're ready today. Would you pray with me? Just say this after me. Can all of us in this room help out? Say, Lord God, I realize that I was born a sinner and I need a Savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.